Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, consistency is the name of the game, and over the past few weeks, consistency with the Doctrine Matters podcast has been almost non-existent. Now, we have had battled COVID in our household, and we have had Christmas and a lot of things going on since then, so uh, we haven't been able to really just come on the podcast and really talk through some things and my goodness, is there a lot to talk about right now, but uh, I don't think we can cover everything in, in 30 minutes, but I want to talk to you just for a few minutes about kind of the things that are going on now. 2020 was just one of those years for us all that we looked at and we were kind of rocked and, and, and it just shocked us to see all of the things that were happening right before our eyes, mainly with COVID-19, the novel virus, they called it, brand new to our country, brand new to the world, as a matter of fact. I remember last March when we started hearing about this and started seeing everything shut down. We started being told to stay home. So uh, a lot of people lost their jobs during that. A lot of people may have lost their homes. A lot of people lost a lot of things during that because of COVID-19, something that we've never dealt with in our lifetime here. I've talked to some older folks that said that they have never had to deal with anything quite like that. So this was brand new for a lot of people. But it wasn't brand new to the world. The world has seen pandemics and plagues and things like that, but it was new to us. So we were rightfully kind of shocked the way that this virus came on the scene and and really took over all of the news outlets. It took over all of the podcasts that I normally listen to. Obviously, from a Christian perspective, you have a biblical worldview when you're dealing with the thing of, of, of pandemics and things like that. And a lot of the podcasts I listened to had a biblical worldview attached to it as well. So that was a really good thing. But 2020 was just one of those years that we were just all kind of wondering what to do, especially pastors trying to pastor through a pandemic like that. And many of you pastors and uh, in, in the areas that you are uh, preaching and, and leading, many of you still have strict COVID guidelines and you're still trying to figure out how to pastor through those and some of you that may be pastors listening or even church members may have, uh, you guys may have more lax restrictions when it comes to COVID-19 if you have any restrictions at all. In Northeast Arkansas, where I am, we're able to gather freely. Uh, we gather every Sunday. People are showing up. Uh, we just have a beautiful time together in the Lord over the last couple of weeks. Of course, uh, before the last couple of weeks, we went through Christmas and then the beginning of the year where a lot of our church members had COVID and a lot of people were out. But God has just faithfully brought people back to our church, and we are growing at a rate that is that is crazy. And uh, that's all for God's glory and by God's grace. But many of you may have been seeing decline. I think that 2020 through this pandemic has shown the church that it's a time of purification. I believe that COVID-19 has really shown us who is serious about the church and who isn't. Now, there are a lot of people out there that have legitimate reasons why they have stayed home. Their their immune system may be compromised. They may have very uh, bad health. Uh, there may be elderly involved. So those people with legit concerns and reasons to stay home are not lumped into this category when I'm saying this. But I believe that the coronavirus has shown us 
who is serious about the church and who is not. And this has begun a purification process. So those that are serious about gathering with the saints, as, as the Lord calls us to do, they're going to gather, whether they come masked up or they come social distance or whatever they want to do, but they're going to come gather with the saints on the Lord's day. Many people have used the coronavirus as an excuse not to gather with the saints at all. Use it as an excuse to stay home and watch online. Now, one of the biggest things that I've seen is there have been people in our area that will go to ball games, to restaurants, to the malls, to work, to all of these places, and sometimes may have on a mask, sometimes may not, but then say that they're going to stay home to keep from getting the coronavirus because it's running rampant in the area. So things like that really expose people, and it really starts to show those that are serious about the church and those that are just interested in the church. And even those that could care really less about the church, they're using it as an excuse not to have to gather. And uh, again, these are the people that don't have legitimate excuses. Now, they, we again, we do know and, and recognize there are people with legitimate excuses why they are not gathering right now because of the coronavirus. But I believe that 2020 and COVID-19 has really started a purification process for the church. And many people we're so ready to get 2020 over with. They were like, I'm ready for 2021. I can't wait. I'm ready to leave 2020 in the past. And then, lo and behold, 2021 shows up, and nothing really changes other than the fact that things get a little bit different, a little bit weirder, so to speak. 2020 is gone, but the coronavirus is still here. And not only that, six days into 2021, you have a storming of the Capitol building during a, a process to where the electoral votes were certified. Now, in this process, many of you know that there were a couple of objections to certain states, and they were debating on the floor, and they were going to vote on whether or not to certify those electoral votes when it comes to down to it. And during the middle of all this, uh, there was a big protest outside. Now, if you've listened to me talk at all about on this podcast about protest, I do believe that we have the right to protest peacefully as, as the First Amendment gives us that right to do so. So there was a large, uh, mostly peaceful protest, I'll say. And then all of a sudden, the Capitol building has been overtaken. And you see Senate... Uh, Senate members and Congress, and you see them all running around and trying to get to safe places, and people start flooding into the Capitol building. Now, you can talk about whether or not that was Trump supporters that stormed the Capitol, whether that was Antifa, whether that was some sort of staged event. That's We're not going to talk about that here on this episode. I know there's a lot of theories, conspiracy theories, a lot of thought surrounding that, and it's kind of heated and, and a very touchy subject on who exactly entered the building. However, or excuse me, whoever it was, it doesn't matter. It happened. And as everybody was wanting to put 2020 in the past and not have to deal with it six days in, now we have a storming of the Capitol building, something that I have never seen in my life either. And then you have some guy dressed like a buffalo or whatever he was dressed like standing there with a, a spear or whatever he had in his hand. It just crazy things that have happened. And not only that, you have somebody opening Congress saying amen and a woman. So all of these things have just started kicking off 2021. 
and everything that is surrounding this. There's a lot of talk about martial law. There's a lot of talk about what Trump's going to do, what he's not going to do. There's a lot of talk about Biden and making this a socialist country or a communist country, and a lot of talk about possibly going to war with China or North Korea or a lot of things that are have been talked about and have yet to, to come about, but we're going to see. But we know that there's a lot of tension right now. There's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of anxiety in our world. This, this, our United States is at a tipping point, I feel like. I feel like that we have, are starting to see the beginning of, well, we've already started seeing the beginning, but we're starting to see like a, a pressure cooker just whistling, like it's about to explode because tensions are so high. And what we're seeing in the midst of all this is rights being trampled, like freedom of speech being, uh, these platforms being taking away um, conservative voices, those that would lean conservative and, and maybe even lean Republican, but yet some of the louder voices that promote violence and things like that are still able to stay online, which is crazy. And that's th- we're not talking about that here tonight either. We're just kind of talking through some of the things that's really uh, gotten us all into a, <laughs> uh, like this is something we've never seen before. A lot of these things happening are, are just brand new to us. So we hear a lot of people talking about these rights being taken away. And if a Biden presidency continues to move forward, that our rights will continue to be trampled on and be taken away. And a lot of Christians are getting caught up in all of this rhetoric and dialogue and debates. They're getting caught up in these things and they're leaving biblical principles sometimes, not all. And I mean, it's okay to talk about these things. It's very good to talk out things, to understand things that are happening, understand things that may be coming down the pipeline for us as Americans. But it's not okay to leave biblical principle and biblical worldviews and then really jump on this, well, my rights are being trampled and I'm going to fight for them. I know there's a time that you have to defy tyranny, and I believe that it's at a time when tyranny becomes uh, leading you into sinfulness, so to speak. Now, that's a a debate we can have. We can talk through that. Some of you could change my mind on that. I don't know, but I believe we start to defy tyrants whenever we are told to sin or sin sin is lawful, like, for instance, abortion. I think we should be defying the tyrants that say abortion is legal. Many people are. We need to do a better job at defying these tyrants that are allowing this abortion to happen Every single day in America, innocent babies are being murdered by the thousands and tens of thousands, and and we have rulers allowing this to happen here in our world. And whenever, whenever the government crosses a line of sinfulness, I think that's when we begin to push back and defy tyrants. Storming the Capitol building during a constitutional right, a constitutional event thing that was happening at the Capitol, it was not the time to defy tyrants, in my opinion. However, we're talking about all of the insane things that we've seen in 2020 and already in 2021, and we've already seen, if you've been watching the news, 25,000 National Guard troops in Washington, D.C. alone, and then other Guard members have been scattered about and sent to mobilize in different parts of our country. You see, this is a result of far left, far right, and even in between those that would profess to be Christians 
putting constitution and rights over our biblical mandate to submit to the government, yes, defy the government when it's sinful, but we're really creating a religion of politics or a religion of candidates. Um, it's like a, 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 a new nationalism type thing that we're trying to hold up almost as an idol. And in many cases, it is become an idol for many people because they want to see their candidate win because many people believe that the election has been rigged, the election uh, has been won by fraud. And again, we're not talking about that either. We're just simply talking about our response as believers. We'll get more into that here in just a minute. But we've seen a lot of talk, a lot of things, a lot of a lot of activity surrounding our rights, the Constitution. And we've seen not a lot of talk about standing on biblical principles. What are we supposed to do as Christians? How are we su- supposed to submit to authority? How are we supposed to submit to one another? How are we to love one another? The Bible calls us clearly to love one another, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ. But even more than that, it calls us to love our enemies. So if we have somebody that hates us, that's against us, that we don't align with, maybe even politically, maybe ideology, uh, maybe in our ideology we don't line up, uh, we're not called to hate or to harm, but we're called to love from a biblical worldview. Now, that love isn't to lay down and, and scratch each other's bellies and, and, and roll around in uh, the flowers down in the meadow. It's not a Care Bear theology. It's not something like that, that we have to just love, 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 love everybody. And if you've heard the podcast, you know that that's not the kind of love I'm talking about, but a love like Christ, one that is willing to humble ourselves, to pray for our enemies, to pray for our brothers and sisters, to love them enough to tell them the truth of God's word. And the truth of God's word doesn't tell us to hang our hat on the Capitol building or the president or the former president or the Congress, the, the, the Senate, all of these things. It doesn't tell us to hang our hats on these things and fight for these things. However, what we do know is that our salvation lies in Christ Jesus. And when we become saved, we are submitted to his lordship. We are surrendering to the Bible and its commands and to be obedient to what God has said in the 66 books we have that make up the Bible. We are not called to storm Capitol buildings. We're not called to treat each other poorly over one's decision to wear or not wear a mask. We are not called to hate one another for the political party in which they align with. However, I will say this, and I will say it boldly, with passion, that if you align yourself with the Democratic Party, the party that murders babies, the party that sees uh, the LGBTQ agenda as something to celebrate, even in the church, then I believe that you need to do a reevaluation of your life, a reevaluation of your heart, because I do not believe any professing Christian could, out of good conscience, vote for a party that does these things and believes these things. On the flip side, I believe it's certainly okay for you not to be able to vote for the Republican candidate because of your conscience. There may be the Libertarian candidate that may align more with how you feel that you should vote, and that's okay. I don't think we should hate one another for how each of us have voted, but I do think that we need to reevaluate our hearts when we start to lean more toward the party that kills babies, that accepts the LGBTQ agenda in the church, and is going to push churches to accept that ideology as well, or there will be extreme pushback, I feel like. I feel like that a lot of things are fixing to come down the pipeline 
and I think the church is fixing to continue this purification process. We started this conversation with COVID-19. I believe that was just the beginning of the purification that is to come. I believe that we're going to see a, a, a ratcheting of the church. It's ne- not necessarily going to come in the form of physical persecution, but I think we're going to be persecuted in light of the sexual revolution that is taking place here in America and, quite frankly, all over the world that says that the church should be loving, welcoming, and accepting of any of those people that would identify as lesbian, gay, trans, um, non-binary, whatever else there is. And if you don't accept that, then you're going to start losing 501c3 accreditation. You're going to start losing your freedoms as the church. You're going to start being taxed or possibly even tried to shut down. But the government is going to probably persecute the church in light of this sexual revolution. If you don't allow them, if you don't marry them, if you don't do all sorts of things, then they're really going to uh, get more and more extreme in how they treat the church. Also, I think it's uh, a matter of time before pastors may have to start surrendering what they're preaching over to the government. Maybe not, but I've heard this is a very real possibility. And I pray that preachers and pastors are going to stand boldly and, and, and not waver from the Word of God, which tells us that God has made male and female in His image. He hasn't made a thousand other genders. He has made two. Um, but this is, again, not the conversation we're having tonight on this episode, but we see so much happening. And at the end of all this, we need to remember as Christians to keep a level head in our thinking, in our conversations, in our attitudes, the things that we do, because we do not surrender ourselves to a man in office. We surrender ourselves to the one who is seated sovereignly on his throne. Now, this is talk that goes over and over and over. We say this every episode, it feels like. I say this every episode, it feels like. But I'm reminded of John in the in the epistle of 1 John. John repeats himself a lot of times over and over about certain things. We see belief in Christ, the true risen Christ, over and over. We see the theme of love in 1 John over and over and over, seemingly saying the same thing so we can get this into our heads and understand this. And I'm reminded that ancient history tells us that the, the church at Ephesus got frustrated with John before he had to stop preaching because he was losing his voice and all these other things. Uh, the same message every week would be love one another, basically. Finally, somebody said, why do, you, why do you say this over and over and over? And he says, well, if this is all you do, that is enough because God has commanded it. If you love God and love others, then that is all you need in this life as a believer. That is the greatest commandment, so it's worth repeating. It's worth repeating that God is sovereign, seated on his throne. So that is who, as believers, we submit ourselves to. Not the man in the White House, not Congress, not the Senate, not the House of Representatives, not all these people, but we submit ourselves to the sovereign God of this universe. The one who, whether they realize it or not, will one day, everyone on earth, submit to to him. They will submit to his son, Jesus. They will bow and confess that he is Lord. For some, it may be too late. Uh, For others, it may be on this side of eternity. But everybody will, according to the book of Philippians, bow on earth and under the earth and confess that Jesus is Lord. This sovereign God that we serve 
is the same God that we have his word and we see in Daniel chapter 2, 21, which is really comforting for us, for those that are truly in Christ, those that are believers, those that trust God, love God, and know God, and he knows them, this verse really should be a comfort. Many of you have probably seen this around at times, uh, especially during this crazy election cycle, but the book of Daniel, chapter 2, verse 21, says this in the English Standard, Standard Version. He, being God, changes times and seasons. We see that, don't we? We have four of them, unless you live in the south. Then it's kind of like one, one and a half to two seasons, right? Many of you that live in the south will understand that reference. But for the most part, we do see the four seasons. We see how they change, and that's God that changes those times and those seasons. But he also goes on to say here, he removes kings and sets up kings. Now, we, would, we could say that he removes presidents and sets up presidents. He removes those in the Senate and sets up those in the Senate. If you were looking at the Georgia runoff recently, you know that the Democrats took those two seats. That is ordained by God and sovereignly ordained by God. That was his will for that to happen. He removes kings. He sets up kings. He does what he wills. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding, it goes on to say. But we have to understand that this sovereign God that we serve is not just something that sounds good when we say it. We, we can say a lot of things. We can, we can do a lot of lip service to a lot of different people, a lot of different uh, things that we come, uh, come across. We can say it. We can even do lip service to ourselves. We can say, oh, yes, we trust the sovereign God of this universe, but at the same time, be worried sick and ready to stand up and storm a Capitol building. The two have to be separate. We have to trust the sovereign God. If we say we love him and trust him and serve him and submit ourselves to him, we have to do it. So this passage of scripture should actually bring us some peace and comfort knowing that he has sovereignly removed presidents and kings and rulers, and he's sovereignly setting them up. He's removing and setting up all throughout our time here on this earth until Jesus comes back. He will sovereignly do that. So we need to rest in those promises and know that he does nothing, nothing that's not going to bring him glory. He will receive the glory for everything that's happening in this world, everything that's happening in the United States. He's going to get the glory for it. And everything that we're going to go through as believers and have gone through, it's for our good. And that good is our sanctification to become more like Christ. So everything that we see is bad. Let's start to flip that and say, well, the sovereign God of this universe has this under control. It's going to be for his glory and my good. And my good is going to become more and more like Christ. So let's say things get bad. Let's say maybe you or a loved one dies of COVID-19. You or a loved one gets caught up in some sort of violence uh, or violent protest or, uh, or something as a result of the government's negligence or something that they've gotten us into. Maybe you, maybe you die. But if you're a believer, we have to hold true to what Paul says. To live is Christ, to die is gain. While you're living your life here on this side of heaven, live it for the glory of God and for the sake of Christ, teaching and proclaiming the gospel to all people. And if you were to perish as a result of persecution or whatever the case may be, then you have gained Christ. To be absent from the body is to be present with Christ, Paul says. So we must stop looking at this 
th- all of this news and all of these things that we see as doom and gloom. We've got to stop putting our politics above our God. We've got to stop making politics our God. We've got to stop looking at this coronavirus as doom and gloom because God has ordained every single thing this virus does. God has ordained every single person that it infects. He's ordained every outcome of that. He's ordained the outcome of the election. He is going to ordain the outcome of the next four years. Already has. We're going to see it unfold right in front of us. And we're going to have to trust God and know that he was doing what he was doing. Now, this could actually be a judgment for America. We can't put off that reality. But let me tell you something. If this is a judgment, if America is about to fall, the church will not. The church will remain steadfast. It will remain faithful. It will remain. Remember, not even the gates of hell can come against it, can destroy it. But the church of God will remain. And this is what the Bible talks about. There will be a remnant there's going to be a lot of people fall away. As more di- difficult as church gets, a lot of people are going to stop coming and going to church because it's too difficult to do it. When freedoms get stripped, when it's hard to even get to the doors of the church because you've got to go through potential barricades and, and roadblocks, maybe. I'm, I, may be, I may be thinking crazy right now, but I'm, I'm using things that could very well be legitimate things. But when it gets too hard, a lot of people are going to just go home and stay there. But there's going to be a remnant that is purified through all this, and the church will remain. The church will actually strengthen, especially during persecution and times of trouble. The church will strengthen. God will be glorified. Christ will be exalted. And you will become more like Jesus Christ, our Savior, through it all. So I say all this, again, just to conclude and to summarize everything that we've been saying or everything that I've been saying here on this episode is, yes, we've seen a lot of crazy things. We've seen a lot of troubling things. We've heard a lot of troubling things. We've heard about a lot of potential things that could be troubling. But one thing that we know that is steadfast and sure and true is that God is sovereign, Christ reigns supreme, and everything has worked out and will work out according to his sovereign will and sovereign plan. He has a purpose for everything, and that may not necessarily be for our comfort. It may not be that we uh, live in lavish Christian lifestyles or comfortable Christian lifestyles. It may mean that we suffer. Matter of fact, we cannot share in the blessings of Christ without sharing in the sufferings of Christ, the Bible teaches us. So we will suffer as Christians. That is just a part of being a believer. And this this purification that we're going through as a church is not going to be easy. It's not going to be a walk in the park. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. When you think about uh, the purification process, it, it, it gets hot, it gets heated up, and uh, it, the temperature rises, and it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it, because the Lord is going to hold fast those whom are his, and they will prevail and be part of the church, the remnant of God that remains. So remember, God is sovereign, Christ is exalted, and everything that happens and will happen is for your good. And that is the sanctification that God is working in you. And that is to become more like his son, Jesus Christ. So let's not just say God is sovereign. Let's not say, oh, but Trump's my president. Jesus is my savior. Let's just say Jesus is my savior. And I'm going to glorify God in all things. I'm going to love my brother. I'm going to love my enemy. And we're going to get through this by the grace of God. 
So whatever 2021 has in store, know that it's already been ordained. Everything that's going to happen in 2021 has passed through the hand of God, and he has allowed everything that's going to happen now and in the future. So it's a good thing to trust in the Lord God Almighty, the only one that reigns supreme over this universe, the only one that knows what's going to happen, and the only one that is in control of every single thing. Don't just say it, believe it, and live it. Trust God Almighty in all things and all outcomes. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. I know it's been a while, and the goal is to be consistent and to come back and start putting some shows out there again because there is a lot to talk about, a lot of things to look at, and a lot of reason to rejoice. So we're going to talk about those things. We're going to talk through those things. We're going to talk about current events. There is so much happening. We need to talk about the progressive movement in the church. We need to talk about some of the things that we've seen happen within churches across the United States from failures and uh, falling away to different things and see how God can use that and how we can also be warned in light of all that as believers. So until next time, thank you again for listening. I love you guys. I know that you've been listening. I see it. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, and I hope you stay with me as we will put together more episodes and get them out consistently. Thank you again. Have a great day. Have a great week. Whatever, wherever you may be, whatever day it is, it may be the weekend when you're listening to this. Have a great weekend. Either way, thank you so much, and God bless. God bless.